Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. It's May 25th, 2023, and thanks so much for being with us today. we got a nice show today. We're going to head down to a beautiful Osceola County, Florida, right outside of Orlando, and talk to uh, Cindy Long. Cindy's the District Science Coordinator for Osceola County Public Schools, School District of Osceola County, which is which is in, in Kissimmee, as I said, right next to Orlando. And uh, we'll be talking about how they've created, they're, they're continuing to create an ed tech ecosystem, particularly in science education in uh, Osceola County Schools. It's going to be an interesting show, and I look forward to talking to Cindy about it. Okay, so it's really good stuff. And the interesting part of it is, and I, I, love, I love this part of education, uh, Florida has its standards. I did a show a few uh, months ago, with maybe two months ago, with Texas and their standards in science. And I think it's important, okay, that everybody realize that science education, all education in every every department is different in every state. All right, and uh, you know, to, for the for the companies in education to develop the products they need for every state is really important. This show, I, I hope to show up with my good friends over at Discovery Education, because to me, this is very important, how the industry has to react to different standards within different states. So I think it's really going to be a fun show, how they're doing it in uh, in, in Florida and Osceola County, in this case in particular. Uh, uh, Discovery has created some ed tech in, uh, uh, products for the state of Florida in particular, and you can extrapolate that out to any state that you want to. It's really kind of interesting as we go through this. This show is going to be archived, as we always do, over at ace-ed.org. That's ace-ed.org. And that's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity in Education. If you go over to ace-ed.org, and everything we do over there is free for educators. It's all about equity and access to education for every student and helping every teacher in every way we can with SEL and all that sort of stuff. We really are trying to do the best we can to improve education across the board. We have our magazine over there, which is called Equity and Access. You'll enjoy it. It's an online publication. Just click on the cover. You'll see it there and enjoy this issue. We're putting together the new issue as 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 I speak. All right. All the podcasts are over there. This one will be as well. You'll see the icon. Also, we have the icon for our awards program, and this is important. We're very proud of this. The nominations, and I want you to know this, are now open for the 2023 Excellence in Equity Awards, and again, it's at ace-ed.org. You can go slash awards after that or just click on the icon. Uh, there were 160-plus nominees and over 50 winners in 2022, and we're looking to highlight and celebrate even more contributions this year. On our website, again, ace-ed.org, you'll find 29 categories dedicated to companies and organizations, products and leaders, along with 15 categories for educators, paraprofessionals, and support staff of all roles. 20 of the categories are all new this year, so be sure to check them out. It's really kind of fun. For educators, this is free, but the nomination process, and you should know the nomination process is open until, until August 4th. Now is the best time, especially for companies, because a lot of the companies like to sponsor their products in there, okay? They like to nominate their products, they like to nominate specific educators, etc. The early bird period is starting to close. Today is May 25th, all right? And they're, they're, we have until June 2nd for the early bird pricing. That gives companies the best pricing, again, for educators. There's no charge. 
please go over there, check it out, nominate today at ace-ed.org slash awards. And if you need more information, just write us, awards at ace-ed.org. Any questions you have, we'll be happy to answer. And again, we're pretty proud of the Equity Awards. We devote a whole issue to it once we get the winners in place. So please check it all out at ace-ed.org. And without further ado, let me bring on the one and only Cindy Long. Hi, Cindy. It's Larry here. Good. Good morning, Larry. How are you doing today? Well, I'm just fine. How are you? I'm doing just great. Thank you. Good, good, good. How's the weather? Well, I know how the weather is in Florida, but tell me anyway, how's the weather in Kissimmee today? Well, you know what? It's beautiful right now, but we've been getting a lot of storms in the afternoon with real downpours, and I can see some clouds gathering outside my window oh, boy, right now. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Go. It keeps everything green, though, so we're good with that. It, it does. <laughs> it does. It's, well, you do live in the tropics. Okay, just in case I you do. didn't know That's that, I'll, I'll tell you. You do live in, in the <laughs> tropics. And, and I might add close to Disney World in case people don't know where Kissimmee is. Okay, it's very Absolutely. close to yep. Disney World. I, you know, I'll just tell this little story. I mean, from my personal experience, a, a buddy of mine was one of the original fiberglass artists that was hired to build up Disney World, when, when literally when it was open uh, ground. Okay, and all those, a lot of things that you see inside the exhibits are this fiberglass art. Okay, like the trees, I remember, for example, in the dinosaur exhibits. Okay, and he, he lived in Kissimmee, and down there when I was there, and I'm talking about maybe 1972, there was not much there. I got to tell you, there wasn't a lot in Kissimmee, <laughs> Florida, and I think it's built up a bit since then, would I be correct? You you are correct, but you're already jumping into STEM because Disney and the fiberglass art is all about you know science education and preparing kids for futures like that. So that's amazing. You know, and I hope and actually you bring up a great point when and you certainly your kids go and every kid goes. You know, when you see those exhibits and I'll use the dinosaurs. You know, those trees don't exist anymore. The trees that were around mm-hmm. when the dinosaurs were walking around, they don't exist anymore. Okay, they're gone. They're extinct, and they had to build those. All right. And again, my buddy, John, was uh, one of the people, one of the fiberglass artists who started to put that thing together. It was really cool. He even gave me a tour behind the scenes. Almost, I think Disney World had just opened. Okay. When I was down, it was pretty cool. Okay. I still remember it about 12,000 years ago. I think it was so (laughs) long. It was so long ago, Cindy. I think the dinosaurs were still walking around. Okay. (laughs) Well, you'll have to come back and see how it is now. I I just, I think that's fantastic that you, you saw it, you saw it at its origins. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's cool. Cool. Have you been in Kissimmee for a long time? Is that where you're from? Uh, no, actually, I'm originally from Colorado, so um, ah, I've actually gone from go. the Pacific Northwest to yeah. the middle of the country to wow. now the, the Southeast. So I've been here about you, five years now. I think Cuba awaits you. <laughs> yeah, if I keep going on the trajectory, that's right. <laughs> going to Diagonal from there, that's funny, okay? And I hope you enjoy them, okay? Well, the always good weather down in Florida, except for those rainstorms. I remember them all too well, okay? Oh, yeah. I, I know them well. Um, talk about Osceola County uh, Schools. You're the district science coordinator. That's a big thing. It's a big – how many kids, et cetera, et cetera? Just talk about the district. So we have – yeah, we have over 69,000 students in our school district. Uh, we're a pretty long, 
we're right in, like you said, Central Florida, and we span yeah. from um, almost one coast to the other, right down the middle. Um, I, I love our students. They represent about 140 countries, and with that comes the different languages wow. that they speak. So we have a very diverse population, um, all kinds of students, families, and community members that bring uh, their own ideas and expertise to our county. So I love how that uh, looks and acts as far as who we get to work with. It is. It's, it's, it's so cool when you have a gigantic, if I may, gigantic, diverse community like that. And, you know, with that, that's really cool and a lot of fun, but everybody has to be prepared to teach those kids who come from so many different cultures. Okay? It's not that easy to do. Okay? I live in small town Maine. We don't have a lot of kids coming from a lot of different places. Okay? And believe me, it, it's, it's hard to work with. The, the, the work you do is very hard work and very good work, and I congratulate you for it. Okay. And all that said, you know, ed tech really matters these days with educational technology, the technology, and we're talking about discovery today. Okay. You know, with that kind of technology, we're able to do things for all these kids. The technology, if I may, helps you to create an equitable ecosystem. Okay. For what you're trying to do to reach kids in the cultures and the language, it allows you to expand all, all the learning about it, and I know, and I want you to talk about this. Uh, there's a magazine, I hope a lot of people get it because it's a good magazine. It's called E-School News, okay? And you wrote an article recently, Cindy, yes, you did, about harnessing ed tech, okay? And I think this is key, to drive deeper student engagement in science, okay? And just talk about your article for a second and how you're doing that, because, again, you have to excite Okay, kids from from different levels of of economic backgrounds. Okay, and different cultures. You want to get every single one of them excited about science. Okay, which I think is really important to do. Talk about what your article had to do with it. Well, and what you just mentioned Please. is the very first thing. So I think that um, through through digital media and ed tech, we can absolutely engage the students. The first thing I wrote about was finding current content that students can care about or, or would care about in their future. So it's really tapping yeah. into their curiosity. And they have different curiosities, right? So we need a library of different uh, resources and different types yeah. of science and STEM that we can tap into. And then the second thing I share is it has to be high interest. It can't be the old two-dimensional photos. You know, we really got to expand that. Yeah. So high interest <laughs> images or videos. And then with those, wow. ways for to engage kids into it. So you don't want to show a video and have kids put their, their heads down on their desks, right? You want to have them interact with that image or video. And that's where digital media, you know, really comes into play and ed tech for that. Um, and the ecosystem that we want to create is having students have access to all of those different uh, types of experiences. Yeah, yeah. Mike, can you continue? I talked about. Yeah, oh, go, go ahead, ahead, please continue. No, I, well, I, let me just say, I was just going to say what you just struck me. I have a big smile on my face. You, you said about the two-dimensional image, which is yeah. what uh, I grew up with, sir. <laughs> me too. <laughs> that's a, that's a thing. Of, I know, and that's a thing of the past. Okay, if we're yes. going to get kids excited about stuff, okay, we have to we have to hit them where they are, and where they are is in a world of, uh, of of you know 3D video games that they put over their eyeballs and suddenly they're immersed in Mars. Okay, it's that's that exactly simple. right. It's a, it's a 3D world for them. Okay, and certainly Hollywood knows it. Certainly, your good neighbor Disney knows it. Okay, when they produce mm -hmm. all their, their shows and everything else. All right, and 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 that's what. 
we have kids are consumers of education. And as smart educators, we have to make we have to be aware of what the consumer wants and needs. And I love what you said about that because we got to go further than the than 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 the old textbook and the old uh, the, you know the picture in, in in textbook. Here's a picture of Jupiter. Okay, yeah, big deal. Okay, we got to move further than that. Okay, go ahead, continue. This is great because and, and this is key. And I want to talk about this for a second just before I let you go on. Okay. You're the district science coordinator. I assume you're district science coordinator K-12. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So you have to make science, you, Cindy Long, have to make science interesting when a kid is five years old and when a kid is 17 Mm -hmm. years old. Okay. And you have to move them. You do. Cindy Long has to move them, okay, along that track. Okay, and keep their interest high. That's why I think what we're talking about, it is an ecosystem. Go ahead, Cindy, finish up, continue about all the tools it, you put together. Yeah, I it, love it. It is, you know, and it's, it's really maintaining that interest because, right, when they enter school when they're five, they've already got that curiosity. And so it's just about maintaining that curiosity and pushing them any, even further to ask questions. And, mm-hmm. you know, when they're 17, they've already lost the interest. So it's just maintaining it from year to year. And, yeah, that's exactly what we do. So um, and then giving students the opportunity for the page to come alive. And they, they can do that through interactives where they have kind of control over what they're manipulating and what they're doing. So that's a big one, too, if they kind of are owning their own learning and exploring those interactives uh, and asking them questions throughout. What are, you, what are you learning? For example, weather, showing weather patterns or, you know, showing um, force in motion and applying different force. Kids can own that by applying a different force through an interactive and seeing movement based on that force. Uh, giving students the opportunity to show what they know in different ways. So not always just testing, but through, uh, through projects, through them exploring and through inquiry by looking at the digital resources that they have. They do have text that they interact with in the digital resources, but then so many other things. Uh, images, uh, interactives, videos, lessons, audio, listening to whale sounds under the ocean. Yeah. So it's really driving it deeper. And then also the one thing, I mean, I don't know when you were learning science, it was read chapter one and when I was answer the questions at the back of the no book. Science. I was so long okay, ago, right. there was no science. Yeah. <laughs> they hadn't invented the mercury thermometer yet. It's unbelievable. Right. It was a long right. time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember reading page upon page and losing, you know, even forgetting what I read on a certain page because you just are assigned 20, 30 pages to read and answer questions. Well, I think one of the great ways to harness kids is, um, for deeper engagement is really chunking the experiences. So they have bursts of achievement and can feel successful, which, you know, inspires them to move further. And so through the different assets, through digital uh, opportunities, they can do that, and we can do that. We can have them, you know, watch a video and answer some questions, do an interactive, create a studio board, do different things like that to hold their interest and increase their confidence. And, you know, it's interesting you're saying all that, and you have said the phrase asking questions probably 10 times since we started this conversation. <laughs> okay, okay, no, and Important I love that. I love that. <laughs> I, I, because, you know, everybody's talking about AI the chat GPT mm-hmm. and all the other ones, the Bard thing from Google, et cetera. Okay, they're fabulous, okay? And they're here to stay, by the way, in case anybody thinks you can hide your head in the sand and forget about them, forget about that, okay? They, they're here, Yeah. okay? It's done, okay? Everybody has to adapt to that. It's going to get 
much heavier as we go on and on and on with this. But, okay, it's it, using it, getting, getting answers from chat GPT as an example is easy, okay? You, you nailed it, Cindy, when you said it's not the answers, okay? It's asking the right questions. If we mm-hmm. can teach people to ask the right questions, okay, then that chat GPT is not for cheating, okay? It's not for anything like that. It's to take everything that we know, all the knowledge, so to speak, and answer the right question. And if we can teach kids all through school to ask the right questions, that engages them. That's what's really important, all right? To me, that's simple. I must tell you one funny Funny story about all this. You know, you talk about when, when when I was in seventh grade in Philadelphia public schools, the teacher, okay, a science teacher, and I loved science back then. The science teacher, uh, you'll laugh at this, Cindy, was talking about the solar system, okay? And he said, quote, and th- th- there were eight planets. Now, the reason he said there were eight planets in the solar system is because he, he was such a lousy teacher, okay? The book he was using was written before the – they put Pluto into the scheme of things, okay? Okay, so when, yeah. When I was in school, you know where I'm going with this, there were eight planets, okay? And now, finally, his dream came true. They made Pluto a minor planet, and, and, and now it's still back to eight again. What can I tell you? Okay, he was right all along. You know, it was a two-dimensional right. picture that some guy drew. It wasn't exciting. Science can be really, really. Just I so love important. what you said. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love what you said because we learn, we learn more and more every single day. And yeah, the benefit do. of not having, you know, just a book to read is we can update that content and talk to scientists through interviews and yeah. have the really up-to-date science so we can learn more to more and so our students can ask more and more questions. When I started in the school district, I had one goal and our team has really embraced it and that's for all of our students, K-12, to become lifelong scientists and that's about asking the oh, questions. Oh, that's great. That's great. You know, I, I love that. And, you know, I have to ask something. You're a K-12 coordinator of science. All right. And mm-hmm. I, we're going to talk about discovery. They have the science tech book, I know, and they built it for, for Florida in specific. But, you know, you got to get teachers to understand this. You know, you're talking about a lot of teachers through K-12, all the elementary teachers who are responsible for teaching science and all the science teachers when you start breaking off into subject areas. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, as, as you, how did you develop? Get, get the whole, and we're talking about it with the word ecosystem. How did you get that to, to, to work from K-12? That's really key stuff. And you're, you're probably pretty good at this. Well, I think it's, it's, it's all about respecting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I think it's about respecting what they bring. I think it's really about uh, they chose science education for a reason. And I think respecting what they bring yeah. to the field and tapping into that and working collaboratively. I think that's really key. I mean, we have some people who are expertise, experts in molecular biology, other that are experts in physicists. And then we have elementary teachers who are experts in bringing out that curiosity. So it's really working together to make the experience and the environment for the students to learn science the best that it can be. Yeah, and, and, I think and have... respecting, yeah, respecting those teachers is amazing. And Cindy, I've got to ask you something, which you're going to die laughing. Okay, I still <laughs> remember in chemistry class, okay, 
uh, when, when they pulled down from the ceiling the roll-up thing, and they, they, they rolled down, yes. and there was the periodic table. Okay, mm-hmm. to this day, I do not understand the periodic table. It makes no, no sense to me because it was caught by a one-dimensional. Okay, it literally made no sense to me at all. And frankly, the way it was thought, it still doesn't. And I must ask you a question. Okay, okay. when you use something like Discovery Education's textbook, okay, if I had been able to see the periodic table in three dimensions with electrons and neutrons and atoms and all that sort of stuff, okay, it would have made a difference in my understanding of chemistry, okay? I can't even, I couldn't even make water. If you gave me hydrogen and oxygen, <laughs> I couldn't even make water, okay? Because I, it was impossible for me to, uh, to make the connection in the way my brain works between a one-dimensional chart and literally solid objects, okay? So I have to ask this question, almighty oh, science coordinator, help me out, okay? <laughs> Is it easier to understand the periodic table these days Okay, with something, with something like the science textbook, which gives that three-dimensional point of view than it was for little Larry in, in eighth grade. Cindy? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, absolutely, because I learned it the same way you did. Um, I think I oh had one God. element that I knew because it was assigned to me as a research project. But we know our students all learn in different ways, right? And so yeah, I exactly. think that – if they learn in different ways and there are different resources that they can tap into to learn the information and teachers can facilitate this, it, it's so much more powerful. So I think, you know, bringing the periodic table alive, showing what the elements do, what they're used for, yeah. and then the structure by drilling down into the molecular structure of them with the atoms um, through videos and things like that. I mean, there are so many different assets in discovery education that help with that. Uh, like I said before, the videos, the interactives, different lessons that are already created, activities where students can really model what it looks like by becoming an element in the periodic table and anything else. You know, I think that it, it's like the world is opening. Um, it, it, Discovery yeah. Ed opens a door to students um, that they didn't even know was closed. So it's, it's just a, it's a beautiful collection of assets for students to learn the very best that they can. It really is. And you know what you said again was so important. Every kid learns differently. All right. Mm-hmm. And some people like me, I might add, learn more visually. Okay. And I, I you know, I don't, I don't easily make that connection between the one dimensional chart and, and how, it, how an atom works and how they bond, et cetera, et cetera. I, my mind doesn't make that connection easily. I certainly understand that happens now that I'm an adult, but, I, but that D in chemistry, it didn't help. Okay, because right, it wasn't right. taught the way I learned. Okay, mm-hmm. and you can extrapolate that out to your 69,000 different kids. They learn 69,000 different ways. Okay, right. but when you have a tool, okay, and I'm, I'll use it again, like the textbook, the tech book, okay, it allows the child to see things the way they need to see it. Okay, and that makes all the difference in the world. Okay, it's not just that flat piece of paper. And that's the only way they're showing it to you. The kid can manipulate it. They can make it work. It shows it the way they need to go. Am I right or wrong? 
You're absolutely right. And, yeah, and that's amazing. when we go back to the ed tech ecosystems. We even have many ecosystems within our classrooms because those teachers get to know those students and how they learn. And so they can set up learning for those students uh, through the tech book that really addresses their learning style. Yeah, it's just so, so important. So each classroom other, may look different, right? Yeah, they do. And the teachers have to recognize that. But the other thing is the industry has to recognize that. It's the industry that creates the tools that the teachers use. They have to be very aware of what's going on in classrooms, all right? They don't, they don't create the stuff out of the clear blue sky, okay? They have to know what's going on, and then they make the, they make the product that works, all right? And the right. teachers have to be able to use it. It's just, it's just such a symbiotic relationship. Okay, and it's just so important to do. I'm going to ask you this, and this I don't know. Okay, you're down in Florida, and you've been, you know, you're from the, you said you were from the Northwest, and you were in, in Colorado, and every state, mm-hmm. as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it is very, very different. Okay, it and is. I'm curious, just curious, <laughs> you know that, everybody knows that, okay, especially these days, if I may. But just mm-hmm. point out, if you can, if you can find one thing, you can think about it. The science textbook that you use from Discovery is, is built for Florida education. Now they can build it for any state. I did a show about them with Texas, okay? And by the mm-hmm. way, the Texas standards, the Florida standards are always huge, the California standards, et cetera, okay? But just talk about um, what might be different in Florida that, that I don't know what, what would be different from somewhere else. If you can just think of one thing in there. I don't know how to ask that question any better. Well, the, the Florida standards, we have the state academic standards for science, and they are very similar to national standards in one area, and that's the disciplinary core ideas. And so the core ideas in science are similar. So for the, specifically, when we write curriculum unit plans to help guide our teachers, they're standards-driven. And then when you match it to Discovery Tech Book, you can, the science tech book, you can definitely find the specific standards that align to the state. So we are addressing the standards directly and specifically with the different assets that students can learn. So it works very well to be able to really match it up to our needs in the state. Yeah, it's so darn important. And again, because here we we very much believe in industry voice. I know the industry very well. Okay, Mm -hmm. as the industry, you know, is very proactive when it comes to education. A lot of people see the industry. Okay, it says as a sales call, as a sales call. Okay, that's not the way it works. Okay, they're very proactive in terms of understanding education, understanding what each state needs. Okay, and creating mm-hmm. the right products and services of discovery. And a lot of educators, you know, they see the sales rep come in and they think that's it. That's not it. Okay. Somebody somebody up in Maryland sat there, a team of people in Maryland sat there and threw into the science textbook everything that would make sense for Florida, everything that would make sense for Maryland, and everything that would make sense for Kansas. Okay, and they have to mm-hmm. be aware, you know, of what's going on. I, I think it's really important. I want to talk to you about this. You know, we talked about chat GPT. We're talking about the Discovery Ed Science textbook. Okay. Um, where are we on all this? Are there, where's it all going? How do you see all this ed tech in the future as a science coordinator? I think that we have to be discerning and we have to uh, 
learn with uh, the people that we work with. I mean, all of the stakeholders, like you mentioned, you know, are, I have to learn with my teachers. I have to learn with my leadership yeah. and my administrators about what's coming down um, the pike. And then what we do is we see the benefits of it. So we look for what works for our school, our classrooms, our teachers, and we make it even better. And so I think it's just yeah. using yeah. the tools um, in the best way possible that we can. Uh, I, and I have been thinking a lot about the chat what is it again the chat gpt and yes, how that impact yeah how that impacts um science education in general so i think we just continuously think talk to each other and figure it out together i really do i think that yeah. they're you know they're they're benefits and the things that we've seen oh, come come through already have made learning so more so much more accessible <laughs> to our kids i mean i'm just i was just thinking about our kids being able to go to the tundra on the virtual field trips and see polar bears well, that's not in their environment. That's not something that they can do every day. So these tools increase yep. learning and opportunity for our kids. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, we're all going to get used to, as is, I might add, discovery, okay, and, and every other company out there, putting, putting AI, okay, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence, okay, into everything we're doing because that's the way of the world. We can't fight it. Yeah. I'm, I'm four million years old, and I can't fight it. Okay, it's here. All right, and, and we're going to we're going to have to make it. We're going to have to make it work. And frankly, all the professional development and all the teacher education is going to have to start incorporating this into into the pedagogy of learning. Okay, it's going to be a whole new, right. a brave new world, if I may. Okay, it's it's pretty interesting. I got to tell you, and uh, that's the key. It's not scary. It's interesting. And we got to, we just got to make it happen, you know? And I think just talking and communicating, I think just talking and communicating with each other to figure it out together is the best way to move forward. And that's the key is to figure it out together. Okay. We're not, believe me, every, every science coordinator, okay. In every district in the country, every teacher is figuring out, trying to figure out what to do with this. Okay. And it's all going to, it's all going to work out. It always does. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Just don't. I always say to people, if you want to know what's going on with AI, watch uh, Terminator 3. Okay. No, that's there we a go. bad one. That's a bad one. <laughs> or the Jetsons. Okay? So the Jetsons the actually works. Yeah, right, you know, right. Yeah, it's just, just amazing. You know, and your, your school year, is it done? It's got to be very close to done right now. Next week. Our high school Woo! graduations are this week, and so next Woo! week it's it's done. I can't believe it. It has gone very yeah. quickly this year. Yeah, well, it, and then Florida goes back in early August, if I remember, maybe in late July, maybe. If I, when did he go back? I hate to bring that up. August 10th. August yeah, 10th there is you the go. first day for, for students. Yep, teachers yeah, come back on August go. 3rd. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's not there yet. you got to enjoy your whole summer. Okay, you got two and a half months off. To really, or two well, months or so to really enjoy this, you know. You don't. Actually, you don't, we don't. No, as administrators, yeah. we work um, yeah. the whole year. So yep. I'll take a little yeah, bit well, of time, but we really have a lot. We're busy, so we tend to work during the summer as well. But that's okay. I mean, we just we get ready for our teachers and our students in the fall. Yeah, and you do a hell of a good job of doing it. I got to tell you. Okay, you're really good, Thank Cindy. You. This was a pleasure. I really mean it. Thank you, and and I, I'm glad you had a good school year. You have. I, I know you don't have the summer off, but enjoy the time without the kids Thank when you, you can really settle in and get it all done. Okay? Thank, Thank you. you. I really appreciate okay. it. Thanks. It's and, good and, to talk to you. And put the guest that umbrella ready for this afternoon. It's going to rain. <laughs> I will do it. I've got okay. it right here. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.
Thank you, Cindy. That was Cindy Long, District Science Coordinator of a 69,000 student district, the school district of Osceola County in Kissimmee, Florida. And I got to tell you, okay, to coordinate science for a school district that big is not an easy job, okay? And that's the beauty of EdTech, if I may. Okay, it's going to make learning better and make administration easier. And we just or a little bit specific to the Discovery Education Science textbook, this one, in, which they developed for the state of Florida, but it's everywhere. Please check it all out at Discovery Education. I got it linked here if you want to learn more. Okay, you'll see it right up there where it says go here, click through. All right, we'll archive over at ace-ed.org. Please see everything we do, and we are uh, ending the, um, uh, what do you call it, the uh, early bird special for companies for uh, uh, nominations for the equity awards, but they are open and through, uh, through July and August. And uh, please see what we do. We'd love to honor you, your colleagues, et cetera, as an equity award winner. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. Thanks for listening.